You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, we've reached Friday. It's a summer, well, not really a summer Friday. going to be 40 degrees, but, well, we can fake it. It's 5.03, what do you say, in New York City. It's me and the Eddie Scazzeri, along with the rats and other people. And down the Jersey Shore, we find the old man by the sea and his puppy. His name is Albert Teoscar Dukes. What's up, Al? How are you? Good morning, Jerry. Uh, there's one thing that I realized when I watched uh, the some of the baseball yesterday. That it was I, boring as hell? Yeah, and I don't like cold baseball. Oh, it's awful. I complete, I hate spring baseball in the Northeast. I couldn't agree with you more. I need it to be nice and warm. I don't like guys blowing into their hands. I don't like seeing it freezing out. I can't imagine what that's like to like hit a ball. It with a wooden bat in the freezing cold that must like vibrate your whole hand. How about in Detroit? They were playing through a snowstorm. Snowstorm. And I saw Miguel Cabrera hit a home run. He did. And slid into second base. He didn't know it was out. I don't think he could see the ball. But even if he didn't know it was out, why was he sliding into second base? There was no play at second base. Looks cool. I guess it looks cool, but even sliding in like a snow-filled field, I would think you're, you're hitting the mud and stomping. Uh, or a frozen uh, frozen dirt. <laughs> they showed yesterday on the Yankee broadcast, uh, well, they, they showed the clip of Miguel Cabrera hitting that home run in the snow, and then they went back to like opening day in, I forget what year it was. Was that Andy one. Pettit pitching? Yeah, Andy Pettit yeah. pitching in the snow. I, re- I actually watched that and game. Jeets. Yeah, I remember that game. That was that was a nutso type of afternoon, but that's, yeah. that's baseball in the Northeast in April. You never know. That's why I said yesterday, I really wish – all Northeast teams would start the season on the road in the either in a dome or out west. Yes, makes no. It really makes no sense. And it's te- I was actually so I walked out of here yesterday at eleven o'clock, and you know me, like I, I and I'm I'm still undecided on going to Philadelphia Monday for the Mets and Phillies. I'm not sure. I walked out of here yesterday and I got hit in the face by a nice cold wind, and I'm thinking, could you imagine sitting at a stadium for four hours in this? No, thanks. I could not. No, I need warm weather. I need it to be like, to me, going to a baseball game is like when I decide to go in the pool. I need the temperature to be a certain amount. I need the place where I'm going to be a certain temperature. Like for me, the pool, I'm not going in the pool unless it's like 73, 74 degrees in the water. So you're not jumping in the pool in June when it's still 62. No, I don't go for that. So just I like agree. I'm not jumping into a ballpark when it's that cold. I'll wait till it's like, uh, let me see. Oh, it's going to be uh, uh, 70 something degrees and sunny. Oh. All right. I need I mid fifties. Mid fifties. Yeah, mid fifties a day game. No, it's really not. If you have a nice day game and you have bright, beautiful sunshine and it's fifty five degrees, it's actually quite nice. But at night it can be cold without the sun for sure. 
even like when when you look at your around this time of year, we get fooled every year. We look at the t- the thermometer and it's like says it's like sixty one degrees. You're like ooh, sixty degrees, and you go outside, it's still cold. Sixty degrees is cold. Um, Just put your heat down to sixty during the winter. See how yeah, uh, warm not, you are. No, it's not really. I mean, I know what you're saying. Like in the shade, it can be chilly, but if you're in the sun, it's it's actually okay. But I know I, I know where you're going with that. And I don't know why I've never noticed this before, but Garrett Cole has a massive mullet. Yes. I mean, that guy's mullet is flowing. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it, but well, whatever. Yeah. To each his and, own. And yesterday's Yankee game proved to me why you don't pitch your best pitcher versus their best pitcher. Oh, God. Even David Cohn was saying, like, after uh, Ryu, the the um, Blue Jays have no other pitchers. Right, which is why if the Yankees could do something, they might have won the game yesterday. Even yeah, but I figure... Even not very good. Come on. You, you sacrifice the game against Ryu, and then no. you put Garrett Cole You know who Cole does that? Losers. Yeah, losers. That's who does that. And you're Loser the Yankees, mentality. and you're Garrett Cole. Have some guts, which he does. Go out and beat their best, which he didn't. He didn't. He gave up uh, two runs. Well, whose fault is that? His. Yeah, don't give up a home run on a 1-2 pitch. Right. He did have, have some cool movement on that slider, though. He had caught a couple guys looking... That were sweet. He had like sweet pitches. He, he had a very strange day because if he would have gotten any offense whatsoever, he wins that game easily. But when you've got your top six hitters going, this is unbelievable. Two for twenty six with twelve yeah. strikeouts. You got That's no chance. That's oh, terrible. I mean, the strikeouts is just oh, the game was boring. I mean, it really was. Yeah, I did that thing where I was like laying on my couch watching. I doze off. I'd wake up. It was one nothing. I go, oh, how'd they get? Or it was uh, two nothing? Yanks. I was like, how did they? How did one they get swing. The... Yeah, Barry I missed Sanchez. that, and then I missed the tie somehow, and then I was wide awake for everything else. There's just you know, there's just not much going on. And when the Yankees had guys on base, they couldn't drive them in. You got Judge hitting into the double play. You got I was it Lemayhew with first? I forget who it was. They had first and third. They had a couple runners on. You get the ground ball. The guy's out at home. It's like, my good, can someone hit the ball in the gap and give us a double or something? It was, you know, it's what it was. But that's baseball in, in 2021. I took some notes, Jerry. I wrote down Aaron Judge, bases loaded, one out, 2-2 two, two tie, bottom of the seventh. Yeah. Double play. Yeah, that's what I was just referencing. Then Judge, bottom of the ninth, two out, 2-2 two, two tie, strikeout. Right. Then John Carlos Stanton went 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. He's getting booed on opening day. His last three at bat strikeouts. And then Judge also screwed up the ball in the outfield. Yeah, what was he inning. doing? He got twisted and turned around the wrong way. That's a play he makes every day of the week. Would you say Aaron Judge had the worst day then out of everybody? Uh, Glaber Torres wasn't very good. Yeah, but Judge Judge was up twice with with uh runners in scoring position there. Uh twice with the bases loaded. No, you sold me. Yes. And then misplayed the ball in the 10th inning, which led to the Blue Jays' run. Yeah, I guess on paper you could say he wasn't an error, but if you watched it, it certainly looked like a bad play. So, yes. You know what? I'll go with that. Then did you see when he when Judge ran down that foul ball and right the near kid. the stands and the, the, the yeah. person in the stands tried to rip the ball right out yeah. of his hands? Yeah. Opening day. Fans are back. Woohoo! <laughs> fans are back. They're going to breathe coronavirus right <laughs> on you if you go too close to the now, stands. Now, wait a second. <laughs> hey, Judge. You know, it was amazing, too, as we were talking about how bad the weather was. Late innings of that game was actually quite nice out. 
Is that right? And turned around. Well, you, I mean, even by you know, and by three o'clock, wasn't it no, nice? No, it was still, uh, yeah, yeah, actually, you know what? You're right. It did get warm. It was warm not a cloud in on. the sky by our house by three o'clock. Mm. It was beautiful. I'm sitting there like, what in the hell happened? I thought it was going to rain all day. It's actually a very nice evening. And of all the people that actually had a good day, Gary Sanchez. Hit a home we run were and legged out an infield single out. Yes. How about that? I saw that too. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. So good day, Gary Sanchez. Bad day, Giancarlo Stanton, Glaber Torres, Aaron Judge. Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, there were a lot of guys that had bad days. I mean, DJ LeMahieu, I believe, was 0 for 4, I think he was. Yeah. He didn't get on base. You had, because uh, I wrote this down, Hicks was 0 for 4. Because the top six batters, as I said, were 2 for 26, which is just. Yeah. That's wait. not going to get it done, Jerry. No. And Jay Bruce was not on fire. Just Jay Bruce for the record. <laughs> was not on fire. No, he was not. No, he was not. It was a rough day. You had yesterday uh, 71 total at bats. Okay. All right. On top of that, you had eight walks. So you had 79 plate appearances for both teams combined. How Got many? Ba- how many base hits you think there were? Ten. Uh, well, a little more than that. You're close. 14 for 79. <laughs> now, it's really four. It's not as much because of the walks, but you get my point. In 79 plate appearances, you had 14 hits. Yeah. It's not going to get it done. Uh, no. That's pretty awful, actually. And then uh, the Met game was canceled because of coronavirus. Yes, that was unfortunate. I saw why a lot the, of people very upset about that. Why couldn't the Nationals just field their team without those three or four dudes that got the coronavirus? Well, I don't know the answer to that. Seem but fair. Here's what I think. Um, my guess is because this is all fairly new, and this happened just a couple of days ago, and another positive test popped up, they need to make sure that others aren't positive right now. Oh, I see. So my guess is let's take a step back rather than just throw the team out there. Let's We can play. Hopefully they can play tomorrow. I don't know that they will, but hopefully they can. And you end up missing one game. Not that big a deal. It's Washington. It's New York. You can make it up without much of an issue. But, I mean, I'm not even sure they're going to play tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah, we don't know yet. It was disappointing, though, because I you know, I love the idea. As much as I hated the 7 o'clock start, I would have preferred like 5 o'clock. I liked the idea that you had the Yankees in the afternoon, and then you could kind of you know, catch your breath, whatever, and then you had the Mets at, you know, at 7. And I thought that was kind of neat. And then when word came down early in the day, right after I left, I think it was around noon or so, something like that, that the Met game was canceled. I'm like, oh, come on, really? Because right. I, I really wasn't all that interested in some of the other games. I You know, Dodgers, Rockies, eh, I guess. That's fine. You peek in on that. And that was weird. We'll get to that in a minute, what happened in that game. But, you know, it was disappointing that the, uh, the game got canceled. I was looking forward to it. Yes. Now, the good news is, though, if DeGrom, and they do pitch, if they do play tomorrow, DeGrom starts, then he would be lined up to start the Met home opener. How about that? Ooh, that gets people very aroused. It does, especially if you've got tickets, if you're one of the lucky ones for that game. You probably weren't expecting it, and all of a sudden, now you got a chance. If you were one of the bougie, fortunate ones that yeah, got a ticket. Because you know what, Al? I'll tell you what. There's not many guys that you – I really believe there's not many guys you buy a ticket for to actually go watch. But if you've got a chance to go see DeGrom pitch, I think you do it. Like when we went to Miami to, to, to go see a couple of games – I knew tickets would be easy to buy, and we kind of waited, and it lined up perfectly that Degrom was playing on the was pitching on the Friday night. So instead of going Saturday Sunday, we went Friday Sunday just so we could see him. Or no, he was pitching on that Sunday. So instead of going Friday Saturday, we went Friday Sunday, and he's he's fun to watch. And if you got tickets, good for you. 
Yeah, like I used to try to line up. We would go to a Met game like once a year in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, I would try to line it up or was hope it would line up for a Doc Gooden start. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people try to do that. It's fun. You know, you, you see in the best. Instead, I'd end up with some scrub on the mound. <laughs> Neil Allen? <laughs> Neil Allen start. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Give me the doctor. I don't have that name just popped into my head, but whatever. <laughs> I always wondered, too, back then, like, why can't Doc Gooden pitch every game? Well, I'm I, out I, there. Let's go. I guess he'd give you 30 pitches every day. Yeah. Well, Make everybody then, happy. We would have thrown guys out there for much longer, Jerry. And by the way, that was when men were men, and they we didn't care about our arms. Garrett Cole did throw over. What did he throw? Because I was saying I thought that um, the pitch count would have been capped at about eighty-five. Yeah, he threw upwards near a hundred pitches. They were talking about uh, on the broadcast yesterday on the Yankee broadcast that uh, uh, there was an opening day that went into extra innings. The Yankees Tigers back in the day, and right. uh, and Jack Morris was still pitching in the tenth inning. <laughs> yeah, does that I, that does not surprise me at in the all. Opener. Do you think, and I don't know the answer to this, do you think baseball reference has, like if I pull up an old-time box score, yeah. do you think they've got the pitch count from like a game in the 1940s? No, I don't think they cared back then. They're no, I know that, but it. I'm wondering if they, anybody's, I mean, some of the research they have is insane, and yeah. I wonder if they actually have pitch counts. I don't know. I Me did neither. see uh, a young Evan Roberts uh Photo of Evan at the Yankee game scoring the game. Yeah, I know. Photograph. Right. Well, that's nothing new, unfortunately. Yeah, it was fun to see in, in a photo, though. I've actually, I sat with one game with him. And yeah. He is, in, he is intense with the scorebook. And here's what I'll tell you about the scorebook. And I've always, I've always given Evan lots of props because I really believe he is the, the most, the most well-read and most prepared of most hosts or really any host I've ever seen. And I really believe that filling out that that scorebook keeps his mind sharp, and it allows you to recall things that you otherwise might forget. I really believe right. that. Right when I used to study for a test, they used to say, "Write it down while you're studying." Yeah, people It'll may stick in out. Your people mind. make fun of me because I show up to my basketball games and even football games when I get to announce them. I still handwrite the charts, and people look at me like, "What are you doing with that?" I'm like, "You know why? It helps me remember." If I just type it in, it's like it's nothing. I, I don't know why. It, there's something about visually seeing, writing it and seeing it that does help me. And I think it's the same thing for him because his recall is tremendous. I remember when I would go to those Mets games in the 80s and my father would be like, buy a score, uh, you know, a program with the scorebook in it. Right. Like, I don't want to work when I'm here. Like, this felt like work. Yeah, well, I, 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 don't, I don't look at it as such, but I, I can I can understand what he would be saying. Yeah, he thought it would be fun. He thought he he thought his son was Evan Roberts. <laughs> realize it was me and I was more interested in just looking around. All right, I just pulled up April 17th, 1956. The Yankees beat the Washington Senators 7 uh 10 to 4. Do you think they've got pitch counting? No. Yeah, I don't either. They didn't think I mean, the NFL barely counted sacks in our lifetime. That well, that's a very good point. Let's see. Um like, do you think the guy boy. was like why don't we start counting when these guys sack the quarterback? I, yeah, I don't know. These I, dumb statistic people. Don Larson, complete game. I'll tell you, though, it's got every stat you want. It just it does yeah. not have pitch count. We Don Larson went that. the full nine innings, and he got the win. He gave up four runs on six hits. He walked three and struck out six. How about that? Hmm. Come, I can't even pronounce this guy's name. For Washington? Yeah. God, what a bum. He only went six innings. Of course, he gave up eight runs on ten hits. What a terrible. Pasquale 
Camille. Pasquale I don't Perez. know. That. Yeah, no, I don't know that name. I don't know him. So that was interesting. But that's amazing. I just put in a random date from 1956. Here's the box score of yeah. the game. What do you think the attendance was at Griffith Stadium that day? 12,000 people. 28,000 oh. for the New York Yankees and the Washington. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're just getting started. Lots of baseball. It was opening day yesterday, though the Mets will have to wait. The Nets did win last night as well. It is a fun Friday. We'll call it that right here on The Fan. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Al and Jerry, Radio Gaga, Radio Goo Goo, Radio Doo Doo. All right, 25 in front of five. Baseball season is underway. I do want to just two quickies, and then we'll move on, if that's okay. So, oh, absolutely. I, I find this fascinating, because when we talk about baseball in the 50s, golden age of baseball, is that fair to say? All right. So I'm just I'm so I pulled up April 17th 1956. Turns out that was actually opening day in 1956. They played less games. Season started a little later, which makes sense, warmer weather and all that. How many fans do you think? Uh, this is amazing to me. Pirates Giants in the Polo Grounds in New York. How many fans on opening day? 30,000 people. 12,000. Oh. That's Small. incredible to me. And then I'll give you another one. Brooklyn Dodgers, Ebbets Field against the Phillies, opening day. How many do you think? Well, since you based the last one on a lesser thing, I'm going to go 15,000. Well, it's better, but the capacity was 33,000, I believe. They only had 24,000 there. It's a bad job. That is, uh, that's staggering to me. And then we talk about the 100-pitch thing. because I was looking at this as well, just how many pitches these guys threw. So in 1974, according to this story... Nolan Ryan threw 235 pitches in a game. <laughs> 235 <laughs> pitches, and the guy threw into his late 40s or whatever, however old yeah. he was. And then the pitch the next day also, Jerry. I don't know if you read that. <laughs> right, he came in and closed the next game out. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's amazing. a man. Isn't Jerry, that's that what, something? That's what men pitched. That's when men could throw 200 pitches a game and then be ready a couple days later to do it again. You put a little ice on it, you sat in that tub with all the ice uh, cubes, and you were good to go. That is, it's really incredible. He threw 13 innings. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't oh, know. your boy, you know, Cecil you, Cooper. These are men. You like Cecil Cooper, right? Loved Cecil Cooper. In this particular game, he was 0 for 8 with six strikeouts. All right. Listen, the guy, you can't, you can't fault the guy for trying. He was swinging for the fences. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> Cecil Cooper. That dude was awesome. Yeah, well, not on that the day. The Brew Crew. So what happened uh, in yesterday in the Dodger game? Cordy Bellinger hit a home run that turned out to be a single. So Justin Turner's on first base. And Cody Bellinger hits a shot to left. The ball was, I forget the guy's name uh, in left field. I I actually never heard of him. He actually catches the ball. As his arm hits the wall, the ball falls over the wall. Oh. Bellinger is basically circling his finger like it's a home run. Turner, who made the turn at second, saw the ball in the glove, I suppose, and then started to head back to first so that he wouldn't be doubled up. 
thinking he caught it because the ball clearly went in his glove. They cross. Bellinger is technically out. He is ruled out, but technically gets credit for a single. Very bizarre. And they wind up losing the game 8-5. Very bizarre. To me, Like once a, once a ball goes over the wall, the play is dead. It's a home run. I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I was surprised by that ruling, actually. They shouldn't say, oh, this guy didn't miss. This guy touched this base and this guy. Blah, blah, blah. Like That's too confusing. Home run, play is over. Everyone scores. Who was, I don't remember. The Grand Slam single for the Mets. Who was that? Was that Todd Zeal? No. Robin Ventura. Robin, yeah, Robin Ventura. Ventura. Remember that? What were the circumstances for that? I know he hit a Grand Slam, but... Uh, Bases loaded, either the ninth or the extra innings, whatever yeah. it was. Hits a Grand Slam, and he never gets to touch home plate because they basically mob him before he gets there. And officially, instead of it being a Grand Slam, it goes into the books as a game-winning RBI single. They call it the Grand Slam single. I'd be ticked. I'd be like, that's, that's a home run. Take it off my uh, records. You're right, but I'll tell you this. We remember it because it was a Grand Slam single. It's a home run. Take it off my his, my very historic records. Yeah. Lost a few RBIs along the uh, way. Hmm. Did you see uh, Jerry in college basketball? Roy Williams retired, a University of North Carolina coach. I think he was there for like 33 years. Yes, I did see that yesterday morning, yes. Yesterday morning, you saw this? Does that mean you reported on this yesterday morning? I did. I had it in the 11 o'clock report. Oh, 11 o'clock. Okay. Yeah, this I came down about 1030 or so, I would say. 903 wins as a head coach. Oh, I would have went. I would have retired at 1,000. I would have needed a few more wins. You know how, but that would have taken him at least, at least another five years, you would oh, think. Well, I shouldn't say at least, at least four years, at least. Oh, yeah, forget it then. No, he did the right thing. He retired. But uh, as as will happen on Twitter, people were congratulating the ro- the wrong Roy Williams. Who's the they, other Roy Williams? They were uh, tweeting to ex NFL safety Roy Williams. Oh, on the Cowboys. Yeah, number thirty one. Who uh, is an African American gentleman and who has his face photo on his Twitter? Yeah. So I don't know where the confusion fell for people. Maybe that, people don't know what Roy Williams looks like. Uh, that could be. But uh, he had a lot of fun with it, uh, Roy Williams, the football player. He was uh, replying back to people, saying, thanks, fam. <laughs> you know, you should have fun like, with him. He was Why having a great not? time. Like He was really locked into Twitter yesterday, just responding to all the people who thought he was basketball coach Roy Williams. I think what happens is, and you would know better than anybody, I think what happens is a lot of people start putting the at, and they just start writing the name in, hoping mm-hmm. it pops up. I don't think people really look. And if it pops up as a blue check mark, which they both have, then you hit it because you go, boom. Yeah. This is clearly the Roy Williams I want. He's got the blue check mark. Let me hit him up. Yeah, I think so. I think people just, they, they click on it and they move on. I'm trying to put out, I want to see right now. So I'm on Twitter. I just logged in for the first time. So I wish I had a famous, like a name that somebody else was famous and people would hit me up when they do good or bad. If like how Roy... Tom Izzo ha- from our radio station, he's the digital man sure. who makes all the videos. He's got the same name as the Michigan State head coach. They're both verified on Twitter, so people hit up the wrong Tom Izzo. You know now why it's... this? You know why this works though, Al? Why? Well, the Izzo one, at least Tom Izzo's actually in his picture. That yeah. makes sense to me. When you just type in at Roy Williams, yeah, the picture is so tiny. I can totally see people just okay. There it is. You see a blue check mark, Roy oh, Williams, I and see you what just you're saying. yeah, that doesn't surprise me actually. You can't see that uh, picture, right? Plus, he's wearing a 
Oh, a suit, it looks like. <laughs> no, no, but what he did, Jerry, is he put his head on the UNC coach's body. Oh, did he really? See, yeah, I can't even must... see that. <laughs> he must have did that after people were having fun that's, with it. That's actually pretty funny. So, <laughs> and now, and now, consider the fact that I, I would say most people yeah. use Twitter on their phone, so that picture is even smaller, even tinier, Jerry. Right. I would, you know what, Roy Williams, blue check. I would think it's probably him too. So you might have fallen for this yourself. Yes, very possible. Although I do try to research it before I just send it yeah. out. I don't think Me most too. do. Oh, I do, Jerry. I'm a big-time uh, researcher. I got a whole research team at Al's Boring Tweets. How's Gina doing these days? She's doing good. That's your research team. My research team is me and Whimsy. We go over uh, some things before we tweet things out. There you go. Mm. Mm -hmm. Did you check out any other uh, rando baseball games yesterday? Uh, I was intrigued by the Braves Phillies because I had uh, a nice little wager on it on oh, BetMGM. Um, right. That was really the only other game I was interested in yesterday to kind of peek in on once the Met game got canceled. Um, so I did watch some of that, but that was it. Nothing. I really didn't. I wasn't interested in the Cubs or the Rocky game was interesting because I do like the Dodgers. Like I like watching the Dodgers, but I didn't. I didn't see any of it. But no, not really. Uh I should have put on the MLB app to watch the Tigers game in the snow. I would watch that. You just said you don't like cold baseball. I know. I don't like cold baseball, but I like weird baseball. And snowing while it's while baseball is being played is is interesting. To that me. is weird baseball. You are not wrong about that. It's confusing to a batter when a pitch is coming in, and you don't know if it's a snowball or a baseball. Like, do I swing at this, or is it a snowball? You're such a jackass. <laughs> I think they can tell the difference between a baseball and a snowflake. You don't... Well, what about a snowball? What if the pitcher threw a snowball? That I don't and the think the guy hit the guy hits it with, like especially when Miguel Cabrera is up, home run hitter. I would throw him a snowball instead. I don't think I was it Shane Bieber. I think made that start. I don't Shane think Bieber? I do not believe that he was rolling snow behind the mound, oh. about to try and throw up and in at Miguel mm. Cabrera. <laughs> mm. It's funny. So when do you think we'll get word on whether the Mets are pit, are playing today? Uh, We'll get word today whether they're playing today. tomorrow. Yeah, right and everybody, now it's tentative and hopeful. That's all it is. And they build in this uh, day off today, right? Because they, in case of rain outs or cold outs or freeze outs or snow outs. Yeah, like the Orioles and the Red Sox got rained out yesterday morning for yesterday's game, but they can play today. Now, it's going to be cold, but at least you've got a sunny weekend now. And so in that case, it really worked out. You skip Thursday, and now you play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I might head down to Washington and check out some of these games. You should. Get I think the train. I think the chances of that happening. I think there's Zero. actually a better chance that Eddie starts singing "Happy Birthday" to anybody that requests it oh, today on the air. He loves a birthday. Than you heading down to Washington to do anything for a Nationals game, let alone a Nationals Mets game when it's 42 degrees out. Although like, tomorrow it's going to be 60. I do like going to the Phillies Stadium to watch uh, Mets games. I don't wear any Mets gear though. Like I just yeah. I wear generic. It's I wear a great a stadium. I wear a hat that has no Mets colors or anything in it. Yeah, I hear you. I just go to the game. Don't, don't need to call shirt. attention to yourself. Yeah. Want to go Monday night? No, I'm I'll not a Monday night kind of a guy, Jerry. I'm uh, more of a uh, What would it Saturday, take for me to get you midday. to go to the Phillies-Mets game Monday night with me? Uh, a day off a Tuesday. <laughs> How about this? We'll go Tuesday night, take Wednesday off. <laughs> <laughs> My first day back? Yes. That's a good idea. You're but in. Jerry, you're co-hosting on Tuesday. Oh. Yeah. So? Oh, ready? What does that mean? Mm. Al? 
That means uh, you've got to be fully prepared, Jerry, to do a program. I'll be prepared. I'll be at the game that we're going to be talking about the next morning. Although you're co-hosting with Craig, who probably will not let you get a word in edgewise anyway. When Mark called me, my first thought was, wow, paid vacation day Tuesday. (laughs) Because he is going to be shot out of a cannon on Tuesday morning, (laughs) as you know. So I've been, that'll be that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually happy that you and Eddie will be around and oh, we'll, we'll be have here. Presty here. So yes, Craig on Tuesday uh, should be a good time. All right, we gotta take a break. 25 in front of six Friday morning on the fan. We got Boomer and Geo coming up at the top. Don't go away. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Al and Jerry. Less talk, more rock. All right, fast-moving hour here. Al and Jerry with you till 6 o'clock. Boomer and Geo then. A lot to get to today. Uh, with opening day, at Francisco Lindor spoke to the media yesterday on a video conference. I believe, at least it was announced yesterday. I don't know why it would change. Sandy Alderson and Steve Cohen supposed to talk sometime today. And what are they going to say? Uh, they're going to tell you how great Francisco Lindor is, how great his reps were in getting this deal done, and that they're happy that he's going to be a Met for the rest of his career. Oh, okay, so this is Francisco Lindor related. Yes, I would certainly believe that is why. Uh, you had Lindor yeah. talk yesterday. They'll talk today. All right. You heard that liner coming back from break where it goes, less talk, more rock. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I did hear it. When I was like growing up and I wanted to be a DJ, like I wanted to work on the radio and, and play music. But I remember hearing those liners, like less talk, more rock. And yeah. I, even like when I was a kid, I was like, they really don't even want me there. So why do I want to? <laughs> why should I? Why do I want to do that as a career? The, the people who run the radio station don't want me talking. And at the same time, if you're good at it, you're worth your weight in gold. Like I, I've always told you, I thought Booker was awesome. Booker yes. and Kane were two of my favorites on K-Rock. I just thought the art of talking over the music, they were really good at it. And it, it actually adds to a broadcast, to a show. Well, now we compete with Kane in the morning. So I know we do. He well, is the enemy, Jerry. Do he, we, though? It's a different he demographic. He stinks, according to me. Wow, you just said Kane stinks? <laughs> He's the competition now, Jerry. He might run you over with his vehicle next time he sees you in New York. I have to put him. I put down all of our uh, opponents. I don't know who's on uh, Light FM right now, but they suck, Jerry. They just suck <laughs> right now. That's Keep what at I it, say. Man. Go for yeah. it. <laughs> uh, this was a, a what a wild night in the MMA mixed martial arts fighting world. They they I feel like they fight every night. Me too. There's a constant. It's constant fights. Are they still at like Fight Island or are they back in the States? No, I have I no idea. I think they're fighting in various uh, arenas now. Okay. But there was a fight last night. MMA fighter Katag Pleave severed his finger during a fight. This severed fight as meaning we lost it? It's gone. Wow. This uh, fight took place in Philadelphia last night. Now, imagine this goes down in a fight. The guy's finger comes off. Then they make an announcement over the loudspeaker to the audience who was there. I guess there were some people in the audience. Could you please help us look for the finger? (laughs) This is when you're at the... You're there enjoying a fight. 
What kind of an arena was this? Could you just look around your seat, check under your seat, uh, check in uh, your hot dog and make sure there's not a finger in there? Oh. Now, they did end up finding the finger. Where was it? It was uh, it was lodged in his glove still, but it was severed off. Wow. That's disgusting, dude. They took him to the hospital and they did reattach the finger. So that's good. I'm just wondering, where was this? Ar- I'm just wondering where the fight was. It's probably on the street in Philadelphia. That's what it sounds like. A guy lost a finger. Like uh, like Rocky and Tommy Morrison. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. I gotta tell you though, if I'm if I'm this uh, the next opponent for this uh, Katag Pleve, I'd work. I'd go right for his right finger. right for his finger. Of course yep. you would. What a shock! Right for that reattached finger. So this was so this this MMA fighter. This was put on by Cage Fury Fighting. Yeah, I might get into that Cage Fury Fighting. You won't watch two seconds of it. No, I mean get get involved, Jerry, in the mix. Start swinging. So it was at 2300 Arena. I never heard of it. <laughs> what the hell is that? Of course you never heard of it, Jerry. They've got events where people are losing fingers. <laughs> it's not the safest sport. Uh, no, it certainly is not. I'm taking a look at it now. It looks cool. I'm actually surprised this doesn't happen more in like football where guys get their fingers uh, caught in like a face mask I, of another player and then get it twisted and your finger comes right Especially off. Especially the linemen. Yes. All that hand-to-hand combat that's going on at the line of right. scrimmage. Well, that's why, uh, what's his name? Boomer's former teammate always shows us the uh, the finger that goes Anthony the wrong Munoz. way. Yes. So that doesn't, right. it, his, it does happen. His finger got all bent up, but it didn't get torn off. I'm trying to see if there's anything else you can go see at the 2300 Theater. Uh, nothing you're going to be interested punk in. punk rock music. No, not really. It's a lot of Broadway shows, actually. I think a place that hosts a fight wherein a guy loses his finger also will have punk rock shows, not Broadway plays like you just mentioned. They have Diva Fest. Diva Fest? You could go to that in August. Imagine you go to a Broadway play there and and, and, and you go to put your drink under your chair and there's a the finger. finger. <laughs> there's a we finger. We found from, it. <laughs> there's a finger from a previous... MMA fight in uh, there. Well, I think as you've learned last night that that's possible. Yeah, I think guys lose. Guys have lost parts of their ears in those MMA fights. Well, I mean, listen. Eyeballs. In I think fairness, guy, Mike Tyson did bite Evander Holyfield's ear too at yeah. one point. So. I think guys have lost the eyeballs like mm-hmm. the, when you crack out somebody's eye socket. What is MLW? Because they've got an MLW match there. I never heard of that. Major mm-hmm. League Wrestling, Al. You oh. can go to that. I don't want to lose a finger, Jerry. I've got, I only have ten of them. July tenth, Major League Wrestling. Yeah, I'm not into that. I need I need my re, I need WWE wrestling, AEW wrestling, real wrestling. Do you know Filthy Tom Lawler? No, no one no. knows who that is. Okay, unless well, I mean, he's listening, then don't come beat me up because m- I cannot fight and I don't want to lose fingers. How about the Untouchable Gino Medina? Gino Medina. No. Um, okay. So um, yeah, you got to be very careful when you go to these fights. Uh, let's do a little NFL news, Jerry. Uh, the NFL says that they may allow defensive backs, linebackers, and running backs to start wearing single-digit numbers. Okay. I don't like this. It doesn't. But you know what? After the after the wide receivers started wearing these, you know, 10, 11. Yeah, why what, did they allow whatever. that? I, it doesn't matter, honestly. It I does. know it. I know it goes against a little uh, tradition, but whatever. If if I want all things to remain in sports the way they were when I was in high school. Right, you need to uh, change with the times, Al. Yeah, I don't want to change with the times. I don't want my wide receivers wearing number 11. I don't want a running back wearing number 5. You still have a rotary want... phone in your uh, condo? <laughs> no, I have uh, I have up that. Mhm. I don't still have a rotary phone, but these these numbers are confusing like why they changed all of a sudden. 
have Earthlink for internet? Earthlink.net. <laughs> Why did they change in the first place? There had to be one star player I that was know. like, listen, I'm going to wear number one as a wide receiver. Keyshawn Johnson was 19. Does that mm, sound right? That does sound right. He I was. I feel like he was, and I'm sure, I'm almost, I'll almost guarantee you many had numbers like that prior to him, but he's the first one I remember. What that I was I like, even, wow, you're wearing 19? What do I even Google to find out how that started? I have no idea. What would you wide receivers to... with numbers in the teens? Why don't you try that? With That's a good one. In teens. What do you come up with? Uh, the era of NFL wide receivers wearing jersey numbers in the eighties is officially dead. That's a whole thing. And you gotta actually read it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a whole. It's not just. Uh, unfortunately, they don't give all the information in the headlines. It's like you gotta read. The hey, Al. Remember Charlie Joyner from back when you were a kid. 18 he was. That's right. Loved Charlie Joyner. Did that bother you? No, because it's still, I don't know, because because quarterbacks back then didn't wear 18 either. What are you talking about? Joe Montana wore 16. 16. Yeah. 17 was the peak. No, it wasn't. Yeah, Steve DeBerg. Quarterbacks that wore (laughs) number 18. Are you out of your mind? I don't believe that. Number 18. Yes. I mean, nobody from the 80s, Jerry. In the 80s, we had what we called football traditions, which don't exist anymore when linebackers, cornerbacks, wide receivers, running backs start wearing single-digit numbers. Mm-hmm. Whatever you say. Remember Peyton Manning? <clears throat> he wore 18, but that was in my childhood. I'm you talking... just said quarterbacks don't wear 18. I said in my childhood, in the 80s. I will find a quarterback in the 80s that wore number 18, I promise you. I bet he sucked. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I bet he sucked, Jerry. <laughs> you so know what numbers stupid. were good? 12. Everyone wore 12. Yeah, 12 was a popular number. That is true. 11. 11 Danny, was popular. Maybe you, maybe you remember a guy named Danny White. I love Phil, Danny White. You know that. Phil Sims. Mr. 11. Phil Sims, yes. You're so funny. Seven is a great number for a quarterback. I don't want wide receivers and running backs taking and linebackers taking the good quarterback numbers. You know how confusing that's going to be to a broadcaster like yourself, Jerry? Well, unfortunately, uh, you are at that time. Hey, what are you going to do? Kevin Burkhart's going to be like, what is? why is there a quarterback rushing the quarterback? It's really not that hard, though. Doug Williams, 17. 17. That was the peak. Steve DeBerg, Doug Williams... Uh, the compiler, um, uh, Dave Craig, 17. How about Frank Trapuca? Never heard of you. He was a uh, quarterback by the Eagles. For the Eagles, he wore number 18. Yeah, see? Stumped. See what? He, he played stinks. 1940s and 50s. <laughs> he wore number 18 as a quarterback. But he stunk. Well, he was. He was actually the worst to wear it, they say. <laughs> the worst, exactly. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I'm going to find more number 18s, although we found Peyton Manning, so enough's enough. Yeah, but the, 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 from the, the 1980s, right, 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 right. 70s, 80s. I'll find someone from the – I've found someone from the 50s. I'll find someone from the 70s and 80s. The 70s and 80s who was good, Jerry, who I'd be like, No, no, ah. it doesn't have to be good. It just has to be a quarterback that played wearing the number 18. That's all. You said quarterbacks didn't wear 18. I'm saying they did. You mean- when we come back, we'll have that answer and more. And then Boomer and Geo on a Friday right now on Odyssey Sports Minute. It's Amy Lawrence on Roy Williams. 
We all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, a couple more minutes. We'll get you to Boomer and Geo at the top. Mets were postponed. Yankees lost. Both teams off today. Uh, Kyle Orton, Mike Tomzak, quarterbacks that wore number 18, Al Dukes. And maybe you've heard of this guy, Johnny Unitas, wore number 19. Yeah, you know which one really hit me, though, because I wanted my childhood and Johnny Unitas is way too old? Who? Bernie Kosar. Sure. 19. So you That lose. got me in the gut, Jerry. That was a gut punch. I can understand that, and rightly so. You were I wrong. love Bernie Kosar. He looked like a guy that could not throw a football. Well, because he, he shoveled the sh- the uh, the throws. He was he kind of threw like to like me. A like shot kinda, put. Yeah, like, kind of like what Phillip Rivers does. Window thrower. Window thrower. Yes, that is very true. And yet He's, he had a big arm. Yeah, I loved Bernie Kosar. You remember when but he then, pe- remember he played for the Cowboys? At yeah, the that was weird. I, yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> yes, it was weird. <laughs> Very strange. I liked him in his peak performance when he was, you know, the Browns had cool quarterbacks and they had Bernie Kosar. I loved Brian, Brian Sipe, Sipe. Yep, <laughs> who wore seventeen, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, these high numbers for your quarterbacks not working out so well, is it? <laughs> Well, the cutoff no. was 16. <laughs> no, no, it was 17, I thought the cutoff was. Do you remember, as the Cowboy fan you are, you remember what number Gary Hogeboom wore? 14. Good look at you. How about Steve Pallor? 9. 16. Oh. Good try. Oh. Steve Walsh, 4. Yeah. Was he 4 or 3? No, I think he was 4, but again, so that even was weird. The, the low single digits for quarterbacks was not really a thing back then. You know what number I don't like for a quarterback? 2. 2. I really don't. Like Doug Flutie wore that, yeah. But no, mm, oh, two. Mm. So it's like it's like two a, should be a kicker. Two is like a Tuesday during the week. Eh, it's got no feel to it. I want my kickers to wear number one. <laughs> one. Yeah. Why? I don't because that's I think like you a, just said eleven or twelve was the coolest no, number. No, no, no. For but for a kicker, the number one looks Garrow, cool. you premium. Yeah, Raphael Septien, all and those guys. Boom! Let's high. go. 